Hello, this is The Review, a podcast from the Linux Culture team about movies, television, and all the things we make to entertain ourselves. I'm David Sims. I'm a staff writer at The Atlantic, and I'm joined today by two other staff writers on our culture team, Hannah Georges. Hey. Hey. And Sophie Gilbert. <laughs> Hi, David. Happy hey, Valentine's everybody. Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing on this lovely day? Oh, you know. Feeling good. Feeling great. The sun's out. Sun's That's out. It's like 22 degrees in, in New York City, Hannah, but it, still. <laughs> it is. But the sun is out. Well, my son has hand, foot, and mouth disease. If any Very romantic. parents are listening to this, so he's mm-hmm. not getting any kisses from me today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He is not. Oh. He really, he extra wants them when he's sick too. He's like, mm, and he's like no. <laughs> uh, yes, it is amazing. My my daughter recently discovered just basically putting her fingers in my mouth. Like she's just like, eh, oh. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, terrible. Great. Anyway, yes, romance is in the air, obviously. <laughs> Uh, we've spent the week ruminating on romantic comedies because, you know, in honor of Valentine's Day, there's a couple movies about grown adults falling in love available for people to watch. There's Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, which is in theaters and on Peacock. If you're a Peacock Premium subscriber, Peacock Premium, <laughs> love love saying that, perfect podcast <laughs> Word, peacock. (laughs) So you think it's romantic, marrying a complete stranger? Uh, Impulsive, without a plan. But hey, look where my plans got me. (laughs) And then there is I Want You Back with Charlie Day and Jenny Slate, which is on Amazon. Yeah, so Marry Me is sort of uh, more glitzy. That's J-Lo plays a pop star who, in a moment of crisis, marries a total stranger played by Owen Wilson. And then I Want You Back, it's a little more... A little more low-key, Charlie Day and Jenny Slate, they're just recently dumped 30-somethings, they don't know what to do with themselves, and they they plot to sort of strangers on a train style, break up with each other's exes, or break up each other's exes' <laughs> new relationships. Uh, that's what's going on there. I will seduce Logan, you will friendship seduce Noah, and we will win back our people. All right, it's on. What did you guys think? Are you, like me... A fan of the romantic comedy, and maybe a little nostalgic for the days when they used to really get churned out by Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I think that was the greatest era in cinema, if I may. <laughs> so when we say greatest era, are we basically talking like the sort of golden age of the rom-com is like the sort of post when Harry met Sally rom-com, so like the 90s and 2000s, right? Yeah. Like obviously Hollywood has made yeah. romantic movies and screwball comedies and, you know, light films about love since time immemorial but like right like this is this is the genre that's being aped here right i'm thinking julia roberts hugh grant richard Gere, that era sure those those fellows and i i think i i know that there's a lot of controversy over the question of have they died are they really dead or like are they alive on netflix oh like the the genre not julia roberts but, oh, oh no julia roberts <laughs> still very much alive they still, are. still <laughs> acting god god bless her knocking a table as i speak but no like i i think for me, this isn't sort of 90s and early aughts era and, and I think really died around. And it, it's it certainly experienced its last 
rights around about the time of whenever Bride Wars was. I think that was 2009, 2010, maybe. Bride Wars, of course, is a 2009 film with Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson. That is, I agree, a perfect example of a end stage rom-com. Like that, that's the last gasp era. Cause like, yeah. Gerard Butler being mean to women. That's like, a little mini boom. And, and Hathaway and that. Kate Hudson Oof. pulling a wedding dress apart. Catherine Heigl, I would say, was the, the, the final star in the Hollywood stable whose like entire career for a few years was just like, okay, let's let's get her in a rom com. Post knocked up. You know, twenty seven dresses, the ugly truth, killers, life right. as we know. They were like, you know, once a year there's gonna be a Katherine Heigl movie and it had that same vibe of whatever, the Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, whoever, you know, heyday. And that's the last one I can think of, right? She's sort of there at the the death rattle uh of that. Uh, yeah, Bride Wars. That's Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway. That movie is that movie's not very good. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's really not. No. At the time, critics were like, "Well, this is warmed over," and they've been, you know, they've been pushing this on us for twenty plus years, and we're sick of it, right? You know, you're saying like everyone was kind of just booing it as this is not as good as what has come before, but now it's sort of like, yeah, I wish I had three of those a year instead of you know maybe one like you know like I, I wish Hollywood still relied on this sort of like 20 to 30 million dollar movie about some people who who should should kiss like that's like what's what's a lot like love about it? it's not about anything right they're like friends and then they they're romantic and they figure it out right yeah. no it's your I mean it's your perfect rom-com plot right just two people who you know are going to get together and then for an hour and a half the movie complicates why right. they're not together and there's like I was watching um marry me last night <laughs> And you're sort of watching it and you're like, this is nice, this is nice, when's the complication? And literally, as I said, where's the complication? The complication happened. And I was like, damn it. Because, <laughs> you know, you're like, are they even necessary? I guess they are. And and Gotta I've been thinking a lot about rom-coms recently and why. I will confess, I loved Marry Me. I did not like, um, what's the other I want one you back. <laughs> I want you back. I did not like. <laughs> yeah, I did not enjoy <laughs> I Want You Back at all. But I, I did. I did love Marry Me. And I think it's because it, it's for the same reason I really got into watching formulaic TV in the beginning of the pandemic. Like I think I, we were talking a lot about comfort TV back in those days. And there is something in these uncertain times deeply satisfying about watching something where you know what is going to happen. <laughs> like you <laughs> yeah. watch an episode of Frasier, you know someone's going to do something pompous. There's going to be some kind of misunderstanding. I mean, we we potted about Fraser a while ago, so I don't need to get into this. But a rom-com is the same. Like, you know, and there are a few exceptions where the people that you think are going to get together don't but for the most part like you know what's going to happen there is sort of deep comfort and security in the formula and you know that you can trust it and you know that you won't be brokenhearted at the end and there's something lovely about that absolutely the sort of second act thing of i just don't think we can be together or i can't believe you told me you were a baker and in fact you're a blacksmith and like, i'm never gonna get <laughs> yeah. over the, you know whatever it is right right i think like, we should break up because i don't fit into your world right oh your mom doesn't like me. Oh, no, and wilson she wants to go to your math tournament just just say yes look i know this is a big deal and that's why i wanted to come down here but i don't fit and i think that's objectively pretty true and we don't need so to what are you saying there's another late stage kind of version of the same story, which is Leslie Headland sleeping with other people. I don't know if either of you have of seen that with uh, Alison Brie and yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I think it was around 2015. 2015. That is a great film. Yeah. 
it compares to I want you back a little bit, I think, as in it's like this mm. indie-ish in, indie ish rom com flavor. That, like yeah. indie flavored. It's a little sharper around the edges than your prototypical rom com. And you can tell that there yes. are a lot of people in it who are in because they just want to cool hang with their friends. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, like when Pete Davidson shows up in, in I Want You Back, you're like, oh hi, okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Sleeping right. with Other People was a movie that sort of felt like it should be the start of a new sort of wave for the rom-com, right? Where it's like, yes, we can make these things on a yeah. sl- slightly smaller scale. They can be a bit uh, dirtier or, Dirtier. you know, a little more chaotic. Right. I would uh, stick up for Plus One, the hugely underseen, underrated, beautiful Maya Erskine Jack Quaid Hulu joint that is great and no one has seen is it, a good example of that genre. But mostly these things have been shunted to streaming or to television. Like, you know, as as with so much of Hollywood right. stuff that's not huge budget. Like now it's just TV, which is like expanding and expanding with all these streaming companies. It's just sort of like, well, we'll do rom-com versions of television, right? You know, we'll, we'll just we'll just move it to scripted TV. Like that's what happens now. Right. Sure. Which is great. And also sometimes I want, you know, 94 minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want it wrapped up with a very nice bow at the end of less than two hours. I want, I want a city. I want you to take me on a tour of whatever city it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I want some, some landmarks. I want some like nice restaurants, maybe. Some kind of cute indie store. Yeah. Someone works yes. at a tchotchke store <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah. Please. Or a local yes. paper. A bakery. I want like a, a wise older person, like, you know, a saucy lady uh, or like a divorced guy who's got a like a pocket child. square. Yeah, a precocious <laughs> child. I want a, a horny friend or a lonely friend who will either get their comeuppance or get their just dessert. You know, like the, the, the perpetually yes. miserable friend, maybe. And she dumped me with a text. So rude. Let's talk about Marry Me. So Marry Me is based on a graphic novel. Do you guys know this? No. It's based on a comic book. <laughs> Did not uh, know that. Which, which, is, which is pretty crazy. Uh, like some tiny 2010 webcomic that got turned into a comic book. Anyway, with, the, with the, the basic premise of what if a pop star married a random person in the crowd who was holding a <laughs> sign that says Marry Me, which is the premise <laughs> of Marry Me. I got to say, the main song for this movie... I, the, title, the title song. This, this movie has several songs. It's several original songs, it seems. Um, and the title one, they play almost all the way through, like, three different times. It shows up so much. They really and, do. Uh, you know, that was very tough for me, personally. <laughs> uh, it's Not by good. Jennifer Lopez and, of course, Maluma, uh, who is in this film. Uh, As a cheating. Colombian right. singer. But he is right in, in in the film. Jennifer Lopez is Cat Valdez, a popular singer, and she's about to have her fourth marriage to the hot young star Bastion. <laughs> Bastion. <laughs> I got the hint of of some sort of mild, affectionate J Lo satire here. J Lo yes. herself has been married yes. three times. And has had a few high-profile relationships on top of those three marriages. Just a few. Right. Um, right. So, like, there's a little bit of self-aware, sort of like, oh, is J-Lo ever going to figure yeah. it out, you know, layered on to this character? Yeah, right? there's some Jimmy Kimmel yeah. bits, um, you know, about Cat. Jimmy oh, Fallon. Sorry. Jimmy oh, Fallon. sorry, sorry, you're right. It Absolutely is Fallon. Absolutely disgracing Wrong Jimmy. himself. Oh. <laughs> 
the laziest performance of a late night performer as himself. Or maybe well, we he's supposed to be. we were all mad at him already about hawking oh. NFTs with Paris Hilton. And now he's just up there lazily being yeah. mean and yelling at J-Lo. J-Lo's heard the talk of herself for years and years and years. And just like, okay, I'm aware of this. It's not great, y'all. And also, like, I'm going to have a little fun in this movie. Right. So she's, I mean... <laughs> You really sound like you've been hit in the head if you try and describe this movie. She's going to marry this guy, Bastion, on stage at a concert. Meanwhile, Owen Wilson, a divorced dad, a middle school math teacher, he's dragged to the concert by his friend, who's played by Sarah Silverman, who's really been putting in the work as rom-com friend for like 20 yeah. years now. She's like, anyway. She was great in this. She, she's, you know, she knows what to do. She, she's been down this block before. Um... And she has a sign that says, marry me. And he, she hands it to him. And then Bastion, it turns out, was cheating on Kat Valdez. And so she calls off the marriage and then invites Owen Wilson on stage and, and kisses him. Right. I, I, and marries him. <laughs> marries him, sort yes. of. <laughs> right. You know, they say if you want something different, you have to do something different. So this time, for the first time, you make a different choice. Well, she has a kind of moment where she's like, you know, I've fallen in love with the, you know, these sort of types of men before and look where it's got me. So I'm going to choose something different. But instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I'll like date an accountant, she's like, <laughs> random stranger, let's get married in front of 20 million people. And yeah, I mean, it's it's preposterous. That's it that's it's fine. It's, it didn't you, bother you, me. You, right, bother you me simply must make that leap. That's fine. You have to meet the movie where it is. And, and this is where it is. And then because I guess she wants to not just sweeping under the rug or like whatever she decides they should well jimmy fallon makes fun jimmy of her fallon makes fun of her it's really it's his fault uh he's at fault for so much <laughs> in the world do you hear valdez got married to a different stranger at the concert tonight do you believe that <laughs> on the way home from the concert tonight cat valdez also left the guy from the concert then married her uber driver and <laughs> And so she decides, like, let's at least pretend that we're going along with it for a while. And he's, for some reason, he's like, okay. I mean, he's, he should just be like, no, give me $2 million and I'll never speak right. again. Like, what, that's right. what I would do. If I think I were that's him. what the manager and whatnot thought that was going to happen, right? We're like, let's right, draw this up, off, right. like, sign the NDA, yada, yada, give him some money. Um, you know, I love a good fake relationship trope situation. I don't know that I love this movie, even though I can. I can forgive a lot, um, but I think for me, it's that I didn't. I didn't feel like J Lo and Owen Wilson have just an ounce, okay. um, um, you know, a shred yeah. of chemistry. This is the issue. And this, this, yeah, I, I can't disagree. Did you get a good look at him? Yeah, he's cute. What? He's fine. The movie is like ninety percent carried by J Lo. Yes. I think five percent by Sarah Silverman and five percent by kids doing math. And <laughs> Owen Owen yeah. Wilson is just like. Uh, he's very sweet. He's very charming. It just felt fundamentally miscast to me. And and I have the yes. same issue with Charlie Day, just to, as a spoiler yeah, before exactly. we get into that movie exactly. too. Like, and I think if we're going to revive the rom-com, which is fundamentally like a female-oriented genre, mm -hmm. like maybe we could right. think a little more about what women want. I don't know. This is ridiculous. I don't think anyone's going to believe that she's going to go from Bastion to me. That's a good point. But the fact is, she did go from Bastion to you. Counterpoint. He and J-Lo had, you know, they had fine friend chemistry. They, you know, they they, right. they're, right. they're, right. that's the whole thing with Owen Wilson. He's this kind of easy, low-key, chatty guy. So you're sort of like, yeah, I could see hanging out with this guy, but not a huge spark. There's a reason why they had no love scenes, I think. 
very hard to imagine one. Yeah. You don't want to see it. Yeah. And like so much of the partnership they build up is that she li- loves his kid and she knows he's like right. a good, you know, dad and he's a nice guy. You know, it's like, which is fine. But yes. So, okay. So what's like the prototypical great romantic lead of like, you know, the old day? Like, who are, who are we thinking of, Sophie, when we're thinking of, obviously, Hugh Grant comes well, to mind. For right? a long time, Hugh Grant. Right. Yeah. Hugh. The whole thing with Hugh Grant was that he was this sort of lovely golden retriever man, but he also seemed a little, you know, naughty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Do you know who I think yeah. is a great underrated rom-com man is Mark Ruffalo like <sighs> in 13 yes. Going on 30. Just and like As we know, my favorite movie, Rumor Has rumor It. Has it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I thought in Rumor Has It, he's mostly like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> he is, but... But but he's just he's just very lovely. He's, very he's the man that you really could imagine yourself settling down with happily ever after. Or maybe I'm just giving too much of myself away. <laughs> but he's a good he's a good rom com rom com man. No, I think Ruffle is a real cutie. Yeah. Who he else? Is. James Marsden is Ooh, consistently yes! underrated. I mean, he is he yes. that he is why Twenty Seven Dresses works in my opinion. Obviously, he's incredible and enchanted. Wait, sorry, go ahead. He's amazing and dead to me. The show. Oh, sure, yeah. yes. Yeah. He has always had the problem that he is so you know sort of handsome and kind of pretty boy that I feel like Hollywood right. was like this guy's too ridiculous. Look, like he's too attractive. Like uh, you know, we can't. He has right. to be silly or. I don't know. Like I, I love. Yeah, yeah, put him in Disney right. stuff. And, yeah, and I love. Right, him. make him Prince Charming. Literally, not like. <laughs> right, he literally. I mean, he's so funny sense. and enchanted. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. good. Okay, Marsden. I mean, obviously, that's like, a good who, pick. Who are the Dermot Mulroney? Dermot Mulroney, Hannah, really? Yeah. Oh. Obviously, my best friend's wedding. That was his. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. So I. Love him in that, even though he does not a lot and frankly is maddening. Um, <laughs> the character's a little maddening. Sure. He's kind of letting things <laughs> the character happen. character is maddening. Yeah. But I do enjoy watching him and Julia Roberts. And, you know, and it could just be that she can manufacture chemistry with anybody. Mm. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed that. And that, even though I find that movie generally unnerving, that movie rules, but it, it is. If you, it's one of those movie again where you lay, if you lay the plot out end to end, you're sort of like, what's going on here? This is crazy. <laughs> um, but I, I agree with you, Sophie. You know, it's fine to bring back a rom com, but you know, sexual chemistry is, I, I need it like to really, you know, bump it up from like more than a five out of ten, right? Like, you know, I, I need to believe these two actually mm. want to kiss, not just want to be pals. rom-com is just such a weird genre because like it's always been belittled because it's supposedly targeted at women and so no one takes it seriously but then it was kind of reclaimed by like bro filmmakers and seth rogan managed to cling on to his career as a rom-com star even as Catherine heigl lost hers and like i just think we need to think about what the rom-com does and who it's for (laughs) and maybe like that doesn't mean that there can't be sharp really well done variations on the genre but I, I think at the end of the day you want to see two cute people falling in love mm-hmm. like that's pretty much what it's about and I do feel like both of these movies we enjoyed to some extent or or not we can talk about I want you back next but mostly what we enjoy about them is this sort of the memories they're provoking of other greater right. experiences right like we're sort of like getting right. a whiff which, of, of the old days right which is not the most glowing endorsement. <laughs> 
<laughs> marry me is look the thing with marry me was i was kind of out of it in the middle and then when she's going to peoria to go to the math concert and j-lo is kind of just turning on the charm i was like oh, okay i'm fine with this this is good i do i do love a fancy city person goes to small t- you know small hometown of the other person scene this woman this superstar this icon has flown in coach and stilettos to win back the unlikely love of her life I was thinking earlier about who JLo actually does have chemistry with, and she had quite the run in the, Let's you know, in that it. in that heyday, right? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about, what should we call it? Um, the oh Wedding God. Planner with no, Matthew McConaughey? It. The Wedding Planner, yes. McCona- McConaughey yes. just, uh, who is obviously a very handsome man, just in the worst <laughs> button downs with the worst haircut, just like, he's <laughs> just this little fool. <sighs> I just remember there's like a big monologue about m&ms at the end of the movie or something <laughs> yes so fun that movie is so fun yeah, good. Uh, and it's like so fun that i forgive them say you know casting her as a sicilian woman <laughs> is that right <laughs> she's sicilian <laughs> yeah. in that movie <laughs> she, she, yeah that's the movie where she talks about like i think her grandfather playing the chess and she's like oh yeah what he used to you know growing up in sicily blah 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Her name is Mary Fiore in that movie. I mean, Mary Flower, first of all. Why? Um, <laughs> and then it's such a wild movie, especially because she had Made in Manhattan mm-hmm. either soon after or it's, before. It's after. It's the year after. Right. Which has some, you know, I don't know that that would have okay. been made now. I have to. Yeah, <laughs> we have to talk about it. All right. So, uh, we did. Jennifer Lopez. Uh, rom-com boom which is sort of the early 2000s i feel like she would often play workaholics much as she does here made in manhattan she's a maid so it's a little bit still it's always like someone who's oh i have my job and i like i'm a wedding planner or i'm a you know i i I don't have time for anything else and she's got to figure it out certainly not love certainly not i've got a kid maybe (laughs) or i've got a you know whatever made in manhattan is a bananas movie because she because <laughs> Ray Fiennes who's playing a Republican senator is giving this like reptilian performance they have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever <laughs> but you watch it and you're like ah she's a maid of Manhattan I love this this is great like that it's written by John Hughes uh, it was written by John Hughes or under a pseudonym uh, right and it was directed by Wayne Wang who's a great uh, director sort of a forgotten director but like I watched that movie recently I'll confess my uh, wife had a baby. I'm going to confess that my wife had a baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> and for like a long time, when the baby was little and we're in quarantine, you know, we're in the pandemic and all that, she was like, I really just want to watch movies where like nothing bad is going to happen. Like, you know, where. Yes. And so we would watch a lot of these kinds of movies. We watched Made in Manhattan and, uh, among them. And like, it's just a classic where you're like, look, she's on the subway. I'm happy. I don't care about anything else. Like, even right. though her son is like a Richard Nixon enthusiast in that movie. Do you remember yes, that? Yes. That is the weirdest <laughs> thing about the movie to me, among many weird things. Why does Nixon come up so often? I don't know. That movie's weird. In a rom com ever, but especially through a young child. It's so funny. <laughs> like, my favorite thing about the movie is that her goal is like management. Right. She like wants to become a manager. And then by the end of the movie, she's like found the man. But also she's on the cover of Manager magazine. <laughs> so I forgot about that. <laughs> like, oh, she did it. <laughs> so obviously there was uh, her other rom-coms. There's Gili, which is obviously oh, this oh sort of like bomb upon. But it's just a really weird and interesting movie. There's um, Monster-in-Law. 
where Monster in Law was fun. Where the man is Michael Vartan and he's kind of he's he's sort of irrelevant, right? It's it's just about yes. her winning over Jane Fonda. That I remember that being yes. perfectly fun. Yes, uh, the, I haven't watched that in a long time, but I might I might go back and rewatch that now. Actually. There's Shall We Dance, Somewhat Forgotten, with Richard Gere. She's teaching him how oh, to uh, ballroom oh. dance. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. It, it's just funny because I love J Lo. I think that anytime Jennifer Lopez is in a film, like a uh, Out of Sight or uh, Hustlers or you know anything that she can rise to the occasion, she does. She, like she rules. She's always right. good if she gets that shot. But she also can like drag some silliness to a fairly satisfying place, right? Like she can she can <laughs> yes, just kind of cool. turn it on. One of the reasons why I think she's so spectacular in this genre, especially playing herself essentially in Marry Me or a version of herself is that she is such a spectacular diva, like the most gorgeous, non-aging, amazing performer, like sucks all the attention in the room into just a vortex of like charisma and hotness. But at the same time, you totally buy it when she's like, oh, I just want to live with this nice math teacher. You're like, oh yeah, Yeah. just have a normal life. (laughs) Hold out for management. Like it's, it's persuasive. There are not a lot of people I think who have what she has that can kind of sell you on that a little bit. And obviously that's like a great, you know, ever since Roman holiday, that's kind of a a true classic rom-com thing. Like the celeb or the big, Famous person who just wants a quiet life, but she re- she really does sell it well. I think. Yeah, she She's she amazing. did that, and then she also had this like simultaneous career in like Ashley Judd kind of movies, like Angel Eyes or Enough, <laughs> or um, oh god, Enough is so yeah, good. Enough is good. It really is like or something you know uh, the movie with the uh, the boy next door. Remember that. Where it's like, oh, she she slept with the nineteen year old next door, and now he's stalking her. Like where she would be the <laughs> the woman, you know, a little under siege who has to figure yeah. it out. And like she was good at that too. And she never got any goddamn respect. All she got was millions and millions of dollars and global fame. But but I feel like she still didn't get enough respect for her film career. <laughs> Sorry, I love. You're J-Lo. still mad about you're still mad about hustlers and the non well, That was that was truly blatantly rude that was that was a crazy yeah. snub and i've never i've never really understood it beyond the oscars just being snobby about j-lo and snobby about a movie about strippers like i don't really right. know what else happened there because she got you know every precursor nom and she got you know critics attention and all that. like that was weird and it felt right it felt like everyone was like yay j-lo we, we've always loved her she's yeah. back you know right? right like here's the moment and i don't know what happened there yeah. but that was rude She's not going to get an Oscar nom for Marry Me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment in Marry Me where somebody, I think her manager or friend or somebody is describing her as north of 35, which was Ooh. hilarious to me. JLo is 52 years old. She is a beautiful woman. She does not look 52. And also north of 35 is a while. Like, yeah, technically she is north of 35. And also I'm about to be north of 35. Look, I, I'm, 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 and I don't have... <laughs> Anything that JLo brings to the table. She is, uh, she's doing great. Did you guys see her at the Super Bowl? She was at the Super Bowl with Ben Affleck. God bless them. They really have been giving us what celebrity is all about. I agree. And yeah, almost wish Ben Affleck was in this. I feel rude to Owen Wilson. Like, I, I, I want to support him. I would like to see him in a rom-com. I would be open to that. Just not this one. This- Why do we think... The male stars of Ben Affleck's caliber. I'm thinking of like Matt Damon. Why don't people like that do rom-coms? Is it because they think 
because one of the highlights I think in recent rom-com years for me was obviously Keanu Reeves and Always Be My Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's not the star but he does have a spectacular role in that so like why are these big male movie stars not doing rom-coms when they should be I, I think because the genre was dying out when they were you know and it became like too junky like right like as much as yeah. I love a lot of these 2000s movies we're talking about the rom-com was not as cool anymore so Gear or Hanks, they had figured that out. But like, yeah, I guess Affleck and... But you're getting, Affleck have a rom-com? You're getting a star of J-Lo's caliber yeah. and then you're matching her with... Right. Like, it still speaks to something deeply unequal in Hollywood. Like, And I do not want to be rude about Owen Wilson. I truly support him. No, but I would no, love to no. know... I would... I, and I feel this is going to sound rude, but I imagine he was not number one on the list of people they called to cast this movie. And I would love to know, like, you know, who are, who are the few people who are like, nah, I don't want to do it wrong. You know, like, right. Like, how, how do you get to Owen Wilson? I don't know. Right. They're an odd pair. Right. Energy-wise, they're an odd pair. Just, you know, they're, right. age-wise, they're an appropriate pair. Like, they're, they're similar generation and all that. But, yeah. Right. But there's plenty of people in that age bracket who mm-hmm. could have been... I mean, does Dame, like, say Matt Damon, does he almost overwhelm this movie? Like, is he tough to buy as the, you know, math teacher who's just hanging out? Or, or yeah, or would he just slide right in? Like, I don't, I, I genuine question. I think it would work. I think it would work. I don't know, but I would want to see it. Yeah. Make a rom-com, Damon. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I have no beef with Matt Damon because he seemed, you know, well, whatever. We can have beefs with Matt Damon. If you want. But like career-wise. Well, he's also out there hooking crypto. Well, so. It's so depressing. Oof. Stop doing crypto. I know. Did you guys see that Ben McKenzie from the OC yes. has declared like unilateral war on <laughs> cryptocurrency? He's writing a book <laughs> with a Slate journalist. Oh, he should have done. I love rom-com. it so much. He's in fact, and in he, fact, he is. He's in, in. I want you back. I forgot about that for one is. minute. Oh yes, yes. For a second, a highlight all, of the movie. He's the dad. So let's talk about. I want you back. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we have to. Uh, this is this is on Amazon. You can't see it in a theater, but you can stream it on Amazon. It is an unforgivable hour and fifty one minutes long. My hugest problem yeah, with the movie. So if long. you trimmed yeah. goes on a forever. chunk out of this movie, I'd be happier with it. Um, Especially the last like five minutes, honestly. But yeah, you got Charlie Day uh, and Jenny Slate. They both. So Charlie Day breaks up with Gina Rodriguez, I guess, because they're kind of in a rut. Right. And Gina breaks up with him. But yeah, right, right. They they break up. They both get dumped. But they're just it's they're in a rut. Right. Like that's their vibe. They've been together for years and they're just kind of. And Jenny Slate gets dumped by Scott Eastwood, who's Mm -hmm. really trying. God bless him. Uh, because she's like whatever she's immature is that his reason yeah she doesn't have her life together she's a mess you know he apparently does is like a physical trainer or what have you yeah chill out personal Uh, and then they meet i don't even remember how oh they meet in a hallway yeah in the stairwell in the stairwell both crying about their breakups right 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 they work in the same anonymous office building in the anonymous town they live in which is atlanta not that this movie really cares uh no uh, and they devise a like yeah they're gonna both of their people end up with other people immediately and they try to break them up but like opposite wise that's the plot and then of course they're gonna fall in (laughs) love but you're kind of like i'm tapping my watch right now you're like all right Right. you guys gonna fall in love or what also manny manny jacinto very handsome oh he's i mean a delight 
one of my new like mini subgenres of rom-coms is ones where you wish the protagonist would get together with someone else instead of the person that they eventually do. And I really, I wanted her to <laughs> manage it. I was so you wanted him handsome with and very. Yeah, I wanted him with Jenny yeah. Slate in this movie. I thought it would yes. be a good pair. Like I'm thinking of Happiest Season Two, where you really, really, really uh, want Kristen Stewart after she has that, you know, really super fun night out with um, Audrey yeah. Aubrey that Plaza. Was- that was unforgivable in Happiest Season, a movie that had some charms, but right, like you were like, I don't think these two should be together. They don't seem happy at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially when no. there's this other person here who, hello, <laughs> rewatching the same movie. Right. Yeah. Maddie's a delight in this. It just felt like there was nothing in this to me that wasn't a cliche or like a reheated mm-hmm. piece of an old right. sitcom. And like Jenny Slate's already been in a really great, quirky sitcom obvious of sorts, child. like Obvious Child, which was yeah. fantastic. It was another thing where I, I didn't really want them to get together. I don't think they've super had any chemistry. I wasn't super yeah, no, compelled really. by them getting back with their partners either. The one moment that really stuck for me was like <laughs> um, um, a musical theater fan. So the Suddenly Seymour performance was fun to watch. But otherwise, I'm like surprised how little I will ever think about this movie again. I, I'll point out that this movie was directed by Jason Orley, who made... Big Time Adolescence, which is a fairly cute movie, um, but he, more importantly, was Nancy Myers' personal assistant for years oh. and is in the film The Intern, a sort of classic Nancy Myers non-rom-com, you know, a, a com, just a com, uh, <laughs> which is a very sweet movie. Like, so he he studied, you know, he studied the blade under one of the masters, but he's, you know, this yeah. thing is just sort of like, it's a little flabby, yeah. Maybe you can't force it. Maybe you just have to do the best you can on your own. And if you do a really good job and you're lucky, then you find someone. I'm thinking about the amazing essay by Wesley Morris in 2019 about rom-coms and like how cheesy they are and yet like what they do, which is so valuable, which is they really are the only movies that explore meaningfully how people connect with each other. And this just, I just didn't get any of that like fundamental human style connection from I want you back. I can't remember its title. I want you back. Like, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> no, well, we haven't even talked like, why are so many rom-coms named after like weird songs? I'm thinking of definitely maybe like right. it's named after an Oasis uh, album. Like, well, terrible title. There's some article and I've never been able to find it, but I read it years ago about like, there used to be a firm and it probably still exists that would devise very bland titles for like something's got to give, Yes, you know, is one of those yeah. like, it's complicated like i think there's some tactic with the rom-com title of it should be incredibly familiar but incredibly bland like that does without like you know so it's just i mean there's like the old pat Oswalt joke of it it just sounds like you're sighing when you something's gotta give you know like whatever (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's complicated uh definitely maybe i rewatched it's complicated recently and that that is still a delight what it's a, a weird film. and fun movie. The whole thing with the Nancy Myers films, which are all we great. We haven't even talked about and we're right, And we're all disrespected in their era, I would say, pretty much universally. Yes. Except maybe somebody's got to give at least got the Oscar nom for Diane Keaton. Is Those movies are just, you know, like there's always some element to them where like, and in, in it's complicated. The element is her adult children who can't stop like huddling in bed together and sobbing over their mother. <laughs> Well, you're just sort of like, what is going on? You know, there's this weird kind of like demented energy. Grow up. (laughs) John Krasinski's like the stand-in for everyone watching that movie where he's just like, what? Oh, he's so fun. The Holiday, which I totally enjoyed, but it's like longer than War and Peace. And (laughs) 
<laughs> has this like insane unbalanced thing where like Jude Law and Cameron Diaz can't stop crawling all over each other and Kate Winslet and Jack Black like shake hands at the end of the movie. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like it, it can't even decide on how sexy it wants to be or, you know, and which okay. I love. I, Nancy Myers, she's this like exacting filmmaker. Her movies are designed to a T like you know like every single element feels like a cho- like this is the problem with something like uh, I want you back wow I, I struggled there <laughs> we're like everything about it kind of feels anonymous kind of just feels like they were like is right. there like a coffee shop available let's you know like Nancy Myers movies and she hasn't made one since the intern they're of a piece they're you know like there's nothing quite like right controlling women with kitchens and obviously off. she but makes also, movies I about mean, older people which you know is that's what uh, yeah, i was gonna undersung. say let's not she's one of the few people making movies for women north of 35 mm-hmm. in hollywood <laughs> <laughs> and giving women these vehicles that allow them to be funny and screwball but also sexy and interesting and uh, like governed by their desires in a in a really yes. kind of fascinating and slightly subversive way i agree we get so caught up in what we want our life to be that we forget what our love actually is. So what do we do about the rom-com, guys? Are rumors of its death overrated? Or I feel like not. I feel like we all kind of agree that there was a boom lit that has faded and it feels a little weirder now. Yeah, or it feels like TV has taken up what we used to want from these as films. Right? Like Love Life Season 2 was perfect. Yeah. And also it was TV, right? Mm-hmm. Great TV. But it's, it's pretty remarkable to me how much better Jessica Williams is in that than she was in The Incredible Jessica James, I think, the yeah. Netflix rom-com. Oh, yeah. where she, I mean, oh, that was difficult to watch. And that, that was watching that was a moment when I was like, yeah, the rom-coms are really, they're gone. <laughs> that was weird casting too. Because didn't it pair her with like Chris O'Dowd? Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Like, yep. You know, perfectly lovely man. Great with sure. Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids, but... I don't know about well, that. But there was nobody else? There's something about these streamer movies that you guys are mentioning. You know, you watch them and they go down okay, but like they don't stick in the same way. And is it just because we kind of watch them while we're looking at our phone? Like, is it is it the sort of classic streamer complaint? Or is it just that they're like a little generic feeling, a little sort of algorithmic? I don't know. I think it's that. And also the thing that we were sort of talking about earlier and that we don't have the rom-com like male lead the rom-com hunk mm. in the same way anymore yeah. right like male stars in those roles who are like super compelling even if they're not like brad pitt right like uh, there's not that many of those and the ones we have are like a william jackson harper who's like great again in tv but we don't have him in a you know i want you back <laughs> yeah yeah Mary- really interesting to me i think you said this in your review david but like it really did feel more like a huge old school rom-com than anything right. that's felt it's in a such a long time right? like we're kind of yeah, yeah. used to these slightly dejected or like quirky like palm thinking palm springs which came out on hulu last year yeah. um like these sort of small scale you know with people on tv or tv stars and but marry me was huge and like just ever like the production the spectacle mm-hmm. it will stick in my memory more than i think a lot of other things of this genre i guess that that we've seen lately just because there are so many uh like so many bits within it so many recurring yeah. jokes so many like <laughs> uh it just worked i think because of the scale of it and i don't know if like it hasn't done great right it opened third it, it opened think, third speaking. you know it's this this classic problem though where then hollywood can hand wave and be like well it was on streaming i don't know how many people watched marry me on peacock 
premium pre- peacock premium peacock premium um, peter piper picked a peck of yes. peacock <laughs> uh, but it certainly did not make the kind of splash that i guess you would want to convince hollywood you make more of these like even though obviously it cost a fraction of a you know a spider-man or whatever you know it's, it's not like that right. big an investment but still i mean the classic reason i mean there's this whole story with the proposal we forgot to mention uh oh, ryan reynolds and of course, Sandra Bullock, Queen Sandra Bullock, who has a rom-com rom- adventure movie with Channing Tatum coming out in March called The Lost City. Ooh, whoa. Uh, that sounds that's fun. That's sort of like a just romancing the stone, you know, remake or whatever, uh, which looks like a lot of fun, hopefully. But uh, The Proposal, that's 2009. This is sort of a classic Hollywood hinge point thing. Mm. Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, he's her assistant. He's got to propose to her so she can get an American passport Stay or whatever. She's mean. They figure it out. They fall in love. He lives in Alaska. Betty White is there. Right? I, 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 just, <laughs> yes. I just gave you the whole plot of their proposal. I did a great that's job. That's great. Um, that movie was a colossal <laughs> hit. It made $317 million worldwide. Like, everyone was happy with that movie. It was produced by the Walt Disney Corporation. You may have heard of them. And so... <laughs> <laughs> the director and writer or whoever go to Walt Disney and they're like, we everyone's on board for a sequel. Everyone will do the proposal too. And Disney was like, eh, it's not going to make enough money because Disney at that point was like, yeah, these, you know, these rom-coms, they don't really play as big internationally. Like we, we only care about the most seismic tent poles at this point. And that's the beginning of the end for the rom-com. Like it's partly that they're not going to make a billion dollars, right? Like that's, that's the problem. That's really depressing. Yeah, yes. well, you know, uh, but Marry Me is on Peacock Premium. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Do you guys know that rom-coms were accused for a long time of giving women unrealistic standards about love? Like there was a study in 2008. Oh, that like that some nice that, man will come sweep you off your feet? Yeah, yeah like we're, women were expecting men to be too nice and too loving. And so that was great because then rom-coms went away and we just got porn instead. So... <laughs> Things looking good for us. So I will take the rom-coms back. I think we need better stars with more charisma and more chemistry. And I think we should have higher expectations and 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 maybe men should rise to meet them. That's my Valentine's Day tree ties. Yeah, I I'd like <laughs> Yeah, I'll sign. I'll sign that petition. I just like and it's not just rom-coms, you know, it's a lot of the other genres Hollywood ignores, but this I just feel like is the easiest. In terms of there's a talent pool to tap. There's lots of handsome young actors and actresses. There's there's lots of, you know, there's an easy formula to follow. Like, come on, like, just give me f- three or four of these a year. I don't ask much. Like, you're making four <laughs> Marvel movies a year, and I watch them. I'm it's fine true, with them. I enjoy right. the Marvel movies. I'm not trying to diss them. I'm just saying they cost a, so much money. You could, you could make four of these. Come on. I've spent so much time watching Marvel TV series too. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's expensive. Very Those expensive. Those big stars in that. Oh, yeah. Make a rom-com. Why hasn't Oscar Isaac done a rom-com? Why is he busy playing oh, Moon Knight? Oh my God. Oscar Isaac is cute and charming. And he's so yeah. cute. And he's stuck, you know, in the most miserable stuff. I, I love it, but sometimes, but you know, I don't know how to save the rom-com or cinema, but I will be here championing it. I mean, you've had my tree ties. It's this or porn, people. <laughs> Incredible tagline. It's how we learn about love. <laughs> so I don't know what the fix is. I don't know if it's casting hot dudes. Like, I, you know, yeah, is it that? Is it like we need a talent infusion? We need 
Matt Damon or Brad Pitt or, well, he's a bit old, but like, you know, whoever, right? We need... No, he'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, he He can can be in a Nancy Myers movie. Right. It's fine. Like, come in. It's sort of like a bailout program. It's like, all of you (laughs) A-listers have got to make one rom-com right now just to fire up the genre again. Just shore up the industry. So maybe that's the solution. Maybe we just outlaw streaming television, you know? That'd be my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would go over really well. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. But, uh, But hopefully this is... Marry Me is not the end of the genre. We have to embrace the spontaneity of the moment and just say nothing else has worked. Uh, For the game tonight, uh, shall we pick tonight? What am I talking about? Tonight. (laughs) Yes, Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) (laughs) For the game today, should we pick our favorite rom-com or perhaps uh, your favorite underrated rom-com? So we're not all saying the same movies we all know. It's not perfect, but my answer is two can play that game. Oh, that's a good movie. Vivica Fox, Morris Chestnut. Just Morris Chestnut. Beautiful to look at. Another, yes, in that zone of like t- almost too perfect. Like, how so do you look this good? Yes. Yes. And the he looks exactly the same, basically. Yeah, yeah. The actual conflict between the two of them is silly, but you have this sort of incredible ensemble cast and also Anthony Anderson, um, wow. you know, who are just <laughs> like, well, can you tell what my gripe with this movie is? <laughs> um, <laughs> aside from that, it's just, they're so good to watch on screen together. Gabrielle Union is tremendous as a sort of Monique's villainous movie, right? other woman. Connie Spaulding, you know, she comes in with that long ponytail <laughs> and the red outfit. And it's just, it's all Connie it's good. Connie Spaulding. It's I'm shaking my yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just a delight to watch still. Absolutely. If we're just picking favorite rom-coms, like there, there are two that I watch every time they're on television, and one is Pretty Woman, and one is The Wedding Singer, and they're always on. So basically, yeah. I'm always watching. Yeah, them The Wedding Singer is great. Things, but fantastic movie. Um, well, Pretty Woman has a lot of issues now, but sure. so I'm, I'm interested yeah. in like maybe for another day digging into why we love it. So this horrible, horrible story. Yeah, sure. Again, <laughs> exploitation. If you read the plot aloud, you might be horrified, <laughs> right? But I mean, to me, that is part of the sort of alchemical magic of a rom-com too, is you're sort of like, why am I supporting this union? Like I, I shouldn't yeah, be right. like, you know, right. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll always speak up for green card. I feel like green card, not that it was oh. uncelebrated. You know, I think it was, yeah. it was well liked at the time is almost forgotten. Great, gentle rom-com, Gerard Depardieu and Andy McDowell, expiring visa romance. Uh, what are some... I mean, I'll speak up for Kate and Leopold. What if the man who invented elevators traveled to the present? You know, And the answer <laughs> is he would date Meg Ryan, who's 15 years older than him, and he would, he would be really good at selling butter. I think my, my underrated rom-com, because two, two can play that game, definitely isn't. But mine is just that, yeah, that whole genre of like time travel rom-coms mm-hmm. <laughs> that we had for a while. Oh, right? I or fell like, in a even... fountain and now I'm in the present day or I'm in the past or whatever. <laughs> right. And now I love you, milady. Like, it's just all so. <laughs> so I have to find a way to stay. And somebody was saying that like Rachel McAdams was playing the wife of men who time travel yes. in like four or three different movies. <laughs> Wedding Crashers is not a movie that is good or holds up, in my opinion, but she is like electrifying Julia Roberts' levels of charisma in it. And you're you're kind of like, oh my God, like but someone bottle this. And right, and then she's in a lot of time travel movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a golden age and it's it's probably gone, but I'd like to bring it back in some form. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I've already picked my underrated ones, I think, but I would have to say, I really like Rumor Has It. I know, it's one of those weird, inexplicable <laughs> stories. That is a oh. very strange movie. That's 2005. That's the movie yeah. where Jennifer Aniston realizes that her, oh my God. Uh, her mother slept with Kevin Costner's character and then her grandmother, it's based on the graduate or like it kind of spins off of the graduate. And then to complete the trifecta, Jennifer Aniston also sleeps with Kevin Costner's character. Right, it's a Costner oh is... Dustin Hoffman and Shirley MacLaine was Anne Bancroft. Like, it's sort of like... Kind of, And everyone's yeah. like, so you were sort of the inspiration for The Graduate? And Kevin Costner's like, shut up and take your clothes off. I don't know. I haven't seen it. He's very, he is very <laughs> handsome in that movie. Right. Honestly, I, I, I buy it. I buy I buy every piece of them. I think, I think the AV Club's review at the time was like, this movie should be called Everybody Fucks Costner. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember that's, ne- that's never left me. Uh, that does it for the show. The review is produced by Kevin Townsend with help from AC Valdez. Uh, the executive producer of Atlantic Podcasts is Claudine Abade. Our art is by Charlie Lemignon. I'm David Sims. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you, David. And thank you, Anna. Thanks, David. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>